0: Hello, kaiju lovers! Nate here, coming to you OOC once again. Yes, another week without a new M.I.F.V. episode. I get it, you might be getting a little bit frustrated. I totally understand. I am working on them, I promise you. I've got a bunch of episodes recorded. In fact, I just recorded another one last night. We'll be recording another one tonight. So, they are coming. It's just that post-production due to... A lot of things is getting in the way, but I assure you, they are coming. The upside is that you'll be getting new episodes a little bit more frequently in order to catch up. So, there is a silver lining to this whole thing. And you know what else is a silver lining? What you're about to hear right now. This is an episode of Kaiju Weekly from a few months ago that I did with Michael Hamilton, my co-host, on the Power Trip podcast. This is one of his other podcasts that he does. And it was over Pacific Rim, The Black, the second season of the Netflix anime based on the incredible movie. I had been intending to share this at some point, and given that one of my next episodes is going to be on Pacific Rim, the actual movie, I figured, why not? I need another placeholder. I was planning on sharing this anyway, so here you go. Now, this is an abridged version, of the episode, I took out the game that I played with Michael, which I came up with myself. I I called it, what did I call it? Jaeger or Racehorse. A better name would have been Hunter or Horse, where I rattle off names of both Jaegers and Racehorses to see if Michael could guess which was which. And I also cut out the mailbag segment at the end where we answered comments from Kaiju Weekly listeners and it sparked a, a fun little discussion, a very fanboyish discussion. I can't exactly remember what it was, but I know it was pretty fun. So if you want to hear the full episode, check out the link to it in the episode description and, you know, go check it out in on whatever is your podcatcher of choice. Regardless, you're about to hear the full discussion that we had of the second season I did something similar when I was on Kaiju Weekly about a year ago, I think, for the first season, so if you want to hear my thoughts on the first season, that is in this feed as well, or you can listen to the Kaiju Weekly episode. All right, without further ado, give this a listen, and keep watching, because you got a lot of great content coming from the Monster Island Film Vault.
1: hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of kaiju weekly the weekly podcast that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies i am your host michael your guy for sentai and with me is my co-host in common for the power trip podcast mr nathan marchand how are you doing good sir why did it
0: take seven months for me, the captain of the Kaiju Weekly B team, to get invited back? I don't appreciate this.
1: Moving on. So we have a really good episode uh, planned for you guys today. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, something that just launched on Netflix. Um, so this episode is both.
0: <laughs> and it launched Right after the last thing you talked about,
1: <laughs> yeah, we're doing like two time we're we're doing two very timely things back to back, and I guarantee you, I guarantee you, dear audio listener, I'm gonna be mu- in a much better mood than what I was last episode. <laughs>
0: Are you sure? Because this week's topic is kind of mean. <laughs>
1: You know it's kind of mean, and it's kind of bittersweet, and it's and it does gut. It, it, there, there are some gut punches uh that happen, and no spoilers yet. uh there will be spoilers. I should probably say that there will be spoilers. So if you, know uh, this is
0: going to be very, very spoilerific. Yeah, and you know, uh, you know what else is getting spoiled? What <laughs> Elijah's lead. I'm winning, Mr. Thomas. No yeah, one so bringing that back.
1: <laughs> and no one cares. Anyway, um so so uh just as a just an FYI to anyone listening, you can we will let you know when we're getting ready to uh talk about the actual uh, uh topic for today's episode, but I want to let you guys know if you've not seen Pacific Rim the Black yet, go and watch that first before you listen to this episode because we will be doing spoilers. So, uh, yes. if you don't want to be spoiler, so if you don't want to be spoiled, Go watch that, then come back to this episode.
0: Yeah, and we should also let all of your listeners know that there's a reason I'm here. Well, I was all I, I was planned to be here for a while, but you'll be noticing that our co-host in common, I don't know how many people get that joke, but I'm going to keep using it. <laughs> uh, uh, Travis is not here. He's not been having a very good day, needed to take the week off. So it's just the two of us today which is totally fine but as you would expect in third chair today to help make sure that everything goes smoothly even with travis absent is my intrepid producer on the monster island film fault, a mr from nasa comma jimmy <laughs> oh yeah, sure. come
1: on come on who let this guy in here well somebody's got to make sure that things
0: go all right without travis here I mean, it's just like the old saying: when the tanuki's away, the ferret and the Shiba dog will play.
1: The what? The tunu- Oh, the tanuki. Okay, yeah, never so mind. Our, spa-
0: our, our spirit animals.
1: We we did it all.
0: Travis gave us all spirit animals.
1: So, so we we did it all for the tanuki. The tanuki. <laughs>
0: and,
1: and you can take this cookie and shove it. Well, never mind. We're not going there. um I'm glad I came prepared with my soundboard. Mm. Yeah.
0: Uh, we're we're going to add a little bit of production value to this week's episode. I'm sure. But yeah, <laughs> well,
1: I hope, I hope so. So we don't have any news to cover. There was a little bit, there was some tidbits of news, but we'll talk about those when Travis comes back next time, next week. Now, Nathan, It is time to dig into our main topic, and that is Pacific Rim, the black. Uh, Season two. Season two. Yeah. And the reason why we're just going to reason why we're just going to go straight to it is because we forgot to ask the trivia question this week. So Shame. Shame so yeah
0: shame where's that uh, where, uh, you know, where's that meme from uh from, from monty python and the holy
1: girl shame shame so nate uh would you like to read our cast and crew list for this for this we have gideon
0: adlin as Haley travis and then callum worthy as taylor travis ben diskin as kaiju boy and victoria grace as may So, hey, Tay, and May, which was the joke that we made the last time I was on here, because I was on here last year to talk about season one.
1: And you're lucky we brought you back. You missed me. (laughs) I get to talk to you all the time, bud. Jeez.
0: (laughs) Your listeners missed me. I've looked at
1: your analytics. Our (laughs) listeners have better taste than that. Anyway. (laughs) That's not
0: uh, what your analytics say.
1: (laughs) Do you also have a plot breakdown? Funny or otherwise? Out in the middle of the post-apocalyptic
0: Australian outback with no Mad Max in sight, our brother and sister hero duo and the very angry anime girl are doing their best to make it to Sydney base while also dealing with a literal kaiju kid and while being chased by the incredibly creepy kaiju death cult the kaiju sisters and who boy they are a freaky lot let me tell you so Will our heroes be able to elude the sisters without stabbing each other in the back, sometimes literally, and make it to Sydney base while also, you know, having to deal with a Shyamalan twist that they weren't expecting?
1: Nathan, I, I really enjoyed season one of The Black. I really did. And I had high expectations for season two now. And after the
0: buzzkill that you had with Ultraman <laughs> after the,
1: yeah, I was going to say after the buzzkill that I had with, with Ultraman, I, I went into it with tempered expectations. And I think, I think that actually worked to its benefit because, Oh boy, like this whole, um, this, this, this season takes you on an emotional roller coaster. I feel like with like just some really high highs and some really gut-punchy lows, and uh, in fact, yeah,
0: this this is not. I think we talked about this in the the last episode for season one. This is not your we're canceling the apocalypse, mm. happy rah rah Pacific Rim. No, this ooh, <laughs> this takes a very unflinching look at some pretty dark. Subject matter,
1: (laughs) yeah, it 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 absolutely does, and um, I I, I'm just gonna say this now. If you're if you haven't watched the Pacific Rim: The Black, stop it, stop now because we're gonna be talking spoilers in three, two, one. And to open us uh, and open up open up this discussion, I'm actually going to quote Haley from the last episode that I think kind of sums up the because I asked you before we recorded this, like, what is the theme. Of, and we on the Power Trip. If you're not listening to the Power Trip, our Power Rangers podcast, we like to talk about themes. And I so I asked you, Nathan, before we recorded, what was the, what did you think the theme was for Pacific Rim: The Black? And I think that this quote from from Haley Travis kind of sums it up. This is when she's talking to uh, Marshall Rask, and she's talking about boy. Um, and they discover that boy is no longer a weapon, but he is now a friendly. So she says like everyone in the, like everyone else in the black, he emerged very changed from when he went in. Mm -hmm. So this, this whole season is about, well, this whole, this whole experience, I think to sum up like season one and season two of the black, it's a really just, it's, it's a hope story. It's a hopeful story. Mm -hmm. It's It's also
0: coming of age. It is what she's talking about. It's like you, uh, they went through adversity and adversity changes you.
1: (laughs) It does. Yeah, it does. Uh, Some people changed for the better and some people changed for the worse. And, you know, some of the people that changed for the worse are the ones that will punch you in the gut. When you watch this specifically, you know, Haley and uh, specifically Haley and uh, Taylor's mother, who we later find out has, has become a, (laughs) <laughs> yeah who has become we, thought,
0: we kind of thought they were dead in season mm-hmm. one
1: we assumed they were dead
0: Yeah, we assumed they were dead and then it turns out oh mom's
1: alive she's part of the kaiju death cult mm-hmm.
0: didn't see that one coming
1: <laughs> and that and that whole episode with you know shane going uh uh with shane drift with shane, <laughs> shane drifting shane! with her shane <laughs> with Shane drifting with her to go get her back and bring yeah. her to bring her to her sanity. That was uh, an incredibly live
0: as Tokyo lives. Called him. Uh, he's Mr. You did.
1: Yeah, did. you did. But it was an incredible
0: Australian sounding person in the
1: entire show. <laughs> well, he's, I mean, he, after, after the other guy dies, um, he is literally the only Australian sounding. Well, no, uh, you no, the,
0: the crazy old man with one arm.
1: Yeah. old, old lefty, but he lost his right arm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was kind of a, that was kind of a little bit of a gut punch too. Cause I really wanted to like that guy and what little bit of time we spent with him. You know, he, uh, he was a really likable character, but he was a little bit of an yep. ideologue. He yeah. thought that he could control. Yeah. He not. He thought that he could control Kaiju.
0: Um he, he was supposed to be a Kaiju whisperer. he was bunyip man. I looked at yeah. Bunyip man mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I honestly thought he was gonna stick around for more than one episode he made an impression. I'll say that was he was memorable, did. oh yeah, memorably foolish at uh, in the end, but
1: <laughs> memorable nonetheless, well, he was very idealistic, and sometimes when you get so. When you get so idealistic, you're blinded to the reality that's in front of you. And the reality was these are gigantic creatures with a mind of their own and you can't control them. Yeah. They're wa- they're essentially wa- I mean they're I guess you could I guess you if you could equate it to, you know, zookeepers, you see like zookeepers that have a bond with a certain animal. I watch there's a couple of TikTok accounts that I watch and Uh, a couple of them are zookeepers and you know, they bond with tigers and lions and things. But in Mm -hmm. the back of your mind, you have to think that these are still wild animals. You know, these are still wild creatures and they can turn on you at any moment. Mm -hmm. So you, you have to have some kind of healthy respect for them. Uh, And I think that Bunyip man did have a healthy respect for, for the Kaiju. It's just that maybe he was a little bit too idealistic. Uh, and he was a little bit blinded by the fact that they were still monsters.
0: This is true, but let's, uh, all I have to say is Blue treats Chris Pratt a heck of a lot nicer than this. I'm just
1: saying. <laughs> That's true. That is true. I'm so looking forward to Dominion, by the way. Just the mm-hmm. sidebar. Because Baby Blue? Because, yeah, Beta. Beta's going to be awesome.
0: So anyway, so that was one. that was the first shock, I would say, of this season. And something that we should mention here, because I know... You and Travis talked about it at length, actually, in a couple of episodes about the whole Netflix thing with their animation department. But mm-hmm. I don't think in this case that the Black is suffering because of that. I think no. the show was meant from the get go to be two seasons, 14 episodes, and be done.
1: Yeah, because it just, it, it feels, it, it does feel that way. It does mm-hmm. absolutely feel that way. It feels it, co- this feels
0: it, like a uh, like a basically a YA novel, a, a, com- yeah. a complete YA novel.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like young every adult, episode young,
0: could be a chapter. So you know, in a you know, in a YA novel.
1: Yeah, young adult. YA means yeah. young adult for the uninitiated, by the way.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because and that's very this very much feels like that. Mm-hmm. You know, especially does. with our two main characters being. I think they're sixteen. Oh well, no, I think. Uh, Taylor is 16. Yeah, Taylor. It's Taylor, and Haley's the girl. So, yeah. So, I think Taylor is the older of the two of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, So, uh, like I said, this is a complete story. They accomplished their goal, and there really isn't much else to do with them after the story is done, because they got where they needed to, and... Spoiler warning! Like we said before, yeah, the Eager doesn't make it. <laughs> so if you were a fan of Atlas Destroyer, uh, have your tissues ready.
1: <laughs> Sorry about your damn luck. Um, but but yeah, it was that was that was really sad. I really want I really wanted Atlas. I really wanted Atlas to make it to to the end. But like you said, it is a complete story. The like, the whole mission was to make it to the Sydney base. And to be reunited with, uh, with with other people, and try to find their. And I think that by this time they had already given up on trying to find their parents, except for you know they obviously the twist of finding their mother uh amid, among the, uh, the 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 kaiju sisters with, the kaiju sisters yeah so that was a that was a huge twist oh so, and
0: yeah and with Atlas Destroyer also went Loa
1: oh yeah Loa Loa poor Loa. Like, because Loa became very sentient at the end, like very, Mm -hmm. very sentient.
0: She was almost a, she was almost a surrogate mother for them
1: in a way. Yes. Because that, that, that ending speech where she's right before they self-destruct and she's, Mm -hmm. um, and she's saying, you know, she's basically saying, Haley, you've held this, you've held this team together from day one. You've been the heart and soul. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm paraphrasing. I I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but she said, uh, Loa said that, you know, Haley had been the heart and soul of this mission since day one. Taylor Mm -hmm. was more of a leader than he Mm -hmm. essentially gave himself credit for. Mm
0: -hmm. And when he Uh, messed up, he owned it.
1: And when he messed up, he owned it. We'll talk
0: about that. He makes a He makes a very difficult call that doesn't make everyone happy. No, not at all. But that's kind of the theme in this. Not everyone makes perfect calls.
1: Well, even our heroes. No, it's, it's, it's part of, you know, it's just part of the, I guess it's part of the journey, you know, it's, uh, not every situation, not every situation is perfect. And I was really hoping that it wouldn't become, I was really, I was really hoping that this wouldn't end in like a kind of sacrosanct kind of way. Um, but it ended fairly, it ended fairly hopeful. And that's what I'm um mm-hmm. and that and that's what I'm happy about. But mm-hmm. we'll get Actually, into
0: that. Now that I think about it, there's a lot of death in that last episode. Lots of people die. Lots well, of characters some, that we followed don't make it.
1: Some people that deserved it, you know. Some people deserve to die. Uh but <laughs> we'll we'll get we'll get into that a little bit later. But let's kinda Let's, let's, let's start off. With, let's continue the discussion because, because we like to do what we call the positivity sandwich on TM. trademark. Yeah. On Kaiju weekly. So we're going to start with some positives. We're going to sprinkle in some negativity onions, you know, on the, on this, on this uh, positivity cheeseburger. Uh, and, but it's all going to work together and it's all going to come together in the end with some more positives. So, so Nate, um, what were you, what, uh, what was that Jimmy? yeah you're making me hungry too thanks well i mean i offered you guys lunch when you got here but whatever um you said you had already eaten at least that's what nate told me jimmy i'm sorry
0: mm. Mm. well i got to have an in-flight meal on the way here he didn't he was piloting the big robot so
1: well I'll sh- after we de- after we get done recording i'll show you around town there's a good, there's ah. a nice, there's a good uh, Irish pub down the street that I can take. Oh, well,
0: better Irish than Scottish. I've dealt with that's, a Scottish that, man. That's
1: what I've heard for sure. Yes. yes. Uh, so, Nate, what has been some of your favorite? What What was what was some of your like standout moments and standout things from Pacific Rim: of The Black season two? To be
0: honest, I like the fact that the ending in this is really bittersweet, though a bit sweeter than bitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. but there was a heavy toll that the characters had to pay in order to accomplish their goals. Right. It wasn't easy. No. It was very, very hard. They had to grow up very quickly. <laughs> it, yeah. 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 They lost a lot of people getting there, but they also gained some people along the way. They gained, you know, boy, you know boy basically became their adopted little brother
1: well they they also well Haley talked about uh after after their mom officially passed away Haley uh, atop the jaeger looks to may and says it's nice to have a sister
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. may uh, also kind of joins the family as well mm-hmm. and she needed one she oh, had she been got- deprived of a family
1: Yeah. And I, I just thought that was so interesting. That moment where, um, where Taylor and Haley's mom passes or where, where they get, they, they get Taylor and Haley get their mom back as another sort of pseudo parent figure in set in, in, um, in, uh, shoot in Shane dies. How did you feel about Shane in this?
0: The, the show really wants you to think that this. I'm not going to mince words. This bastard <laughs> deserved the audience's sympathy by the end. I, th- I they were was working really hard, and the entire time I kept thinking to myself: Is this deserved? Does this make sense?
1: If any, if anything, felt if anything felt forced to me, I think it was a little bit of that, but, but the payoff of Shane's sacrifice, you know, getting their mom back, that kind of overshadowed, that kind of overshadowed it for me a little bit. It all worked. Uh, although it, it did feel the Shane thing felt a little bit forced because, because in season one, we hate Shane in the first, uh, three episodes or so, We still hate Shane. You know, Shane is is trying to chase them down. And but by the end of it, I'm a little bit more. I don't know. I'm a little bit. I I don't know what the word is. I'm I'm a little bit more forgiving now of Shane Um, because I feel like in his own twisted way, maybe he was just trying to protect May.
0: Yeah, I think that is the idea here. Mm -hmm. The idea is that Shane is a man who's been hardened by being in the black, Mm -hmm. but he did genuinely care about may. He just felt that in order to get may to survive, he had to make her incredibly tough. Mm -hmm. And so everything he did in his own weird way, he did out of love. And I think the idea that we're getting here is that he's realizing that she can't stay with him anymore. She has to move on. Yeah. And I think for her, there is that weird, as much as she hates him, she, he's also the closest thing he's had to, a uh, she, she, he's also the closest thing she's had to a father for years. Yeah. So, like I said, this isn't quite as clear cut as what you might be used to from the movies.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of tragedy mixed in here. And a lot of gray. A lot of gray. And a lot. It's really funny. There's a lot of gray area in the black.
0: <laughs> that is kind of ironic, isn't it?
1: A little bit, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, it, this was also set up. Pretty well in season one with the being able to use the drift technology to enter people's minds to you know do things like bury memories, alter memories in this case, he's using it to get through to their mother and break the the basically the brainwashing that this cult has done to their mother. It's actually really freaky. The, the kaiju sisters are just really weird. We'll talk about that a little bit more later, I'm sure. But they are freaky. So he was trying to break the hold that they had on her. Because it's part brainwashing, part... Seems like there's some telepathy going on with that as well. It's really weird. Mm-hmm. So she was constantly... Even after she was free, she was constantly fighting their influence. Yeah. But they, he did it because he was the only one who could. And he knew that he would be helping Haley and Taylor, which in turn would make May, at least he thought, happy. Yeah. Yeah. So, I like I said, it makes some sort of sense. It was just a little difficult for me to accept at first because... Yeah. Yeah, I was trained to hate Shane. Mr. You did. He even says that in Yeah, the show. but
1: but <laughs> but as we've kind of shown on our other show, The Power Trip, like villains can redeem themselves.
0: Yes. That that is true. That is true. And I suppose it says something that he him and Spider with a y. I did look that up. Spider. They did chase after him. And Spider was even upset that because, you know, spoiler warning, Shane dies saving their mother. And Spider was upset because he even because Spider said, I would be if it wasn't for Shane, I'd be dead. He taught me how to survive. Yeah. So I guess that reinforces the idea that when you're stuck out in one of the harshest of all wildernesses, it changes you. It makes you harder,
1: mm-hmm.
0: makes you meaner. Mm-hmm. You might start doing things you wouldn't normally do, but it also helps you survive.
1: Yeah. And you know, through those hardships too, you, you wind up finding, you know, new, like you find you wind up finding both yourself and a little bit of family, especially mm-hmm. if you're surrounded by, if, especially if you're surrounded by people that are in the sim that are in a similar situation as you where they have to do whatever they have to adopt, whatever persona it is they need to, to survive. Um, they're essentially in kind of like the, the uncharted wild West here out in, in the middle of, in the middle of barren Australia. Um, mm-hmm. so they're just doing whatever they have to do, but there's also yeah. kind of, there's also kind of those bonding moments out there too, because you're both, you know, you're, you're both, you're all trying to survive together.
0: Mm -hmm. but this show also proves not everyone is safe as we've been pointing out because there are characters who die and so you there got i got to a point where i'm like i don't know who's gonna make it i really don't know who's gonna make it well that's the mark of a good
1: (laughs) show though that's the mark of that's that's the mark of a good of good writing and a good show when when it's not predictable when it's Mm -hmm. when it's not predictable now per to be fair, I predicted the bunyip man being eaten. I I saw they, I saw that foreshadowed a mile away. Um, I feel, I I feel like the guy, I I just, I just feel like that he was destined that that character was destined to die. Um, in a way I almost saw, I, I did not expect them to be able to resurrect or maybe not to resurrect, uh, their mother. I was not really expecting them to to be able to do that. I honest to god I honestly thought that they would lose her in the drift, that she would die and wither away um like like uh, like Shane, but um I I kind of saw her I I kind of saw that her death. I I kind of saw her death coming too. That that part was a little bit predictable.
0: It, but it I was not it, the show really does mess with you. Because we get a moment where I'm like, wait a minute. There's still a couple of episodes left. Why are we getting to the base now? Mm. Okay. Maybe something else. They got something else cooking. And then everything just seemed way too easy, way too clean. And I'm like, something's not quite right here. Yeah. But I wasn't quite sure what was going on. And then we get that that gut punch where where you find out that because when they're there, they find their dad, and their parents get reunited. It's all sweet and nice. It's great. Everyone's happy, and then it turns out it was all an illusion made with the drifting technology, so they could ease their mother into In, into death. death. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, oh my goodness. thank you, show. I just, what are you? and it's
1: i just feel like it's a it's it's so like it's so ironic i guess that we're recording this on mother's day and this this entire this entire season two, like the back half of this season revolves around their family and and their mother well the whole season really revolves around them you know losing their parents like that's that's the whole reason why There's a, there's
0: a motherly through, uh, through line in this, because there's mm-hmm. their mother, uh, the leader of the, uh, of the Kaiju sisters is, well, I guess this is no surprise, because they're the Kaiju sisters, but you have this basically witch mother, you know the mm-hmm. leader of the cult, who is this very twisted sort of mother, you know, leading them, and then when we actually see her at the end, in the last episode, she is this ridiculous ridiculous just old crone I, it's, it's this emaciated crazy looking pseudo kaiju crone I mean it's just wow uh, and she's yeah you know, like I said she's kind of a twisted version of a mother you know she's performing all of these weird ceremonies she's she's declaring we saw this at the end of season one she was declaring boy this kaiju messiah and Mm. they had to do all of these things to empower him and and make him able to go do whatever he needed to do and what was funny is then as their last ditch effort to get boy back and i think they actually said like boy was only what a category two yeah He's 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 not a big boy no he's a he's a kaiju but he's not a big boy he's a he's a bit of he's been on the small side for kaiju And then they decide to whip out a Category 6, which I think might be the biggest kaiju ever, other than, like, the ridiculous Voltron kaiju from Uprising. But the less said about that, the better. Uh, But, you know, they whip out a a Category 6. I'm like, if you can control a Category 6, why do you need boy? Well, it's because boy is like a wolverine. He's tiny, but he's vicious. (laughs) he's scrappy uh, that would uh, scrappy do uh,
1: <laughs> he uh, he w- w- raggy w- i can't do it um he he's he's very scrappy and, and that and that's and that's becomes that becomes very apparent when um when apex shows up to try yes. and and bring boy back yes, um,
0: because the sisters do manage to exert their influence on boy Mm-hmm. But then Apex the Kaiju Jaeger hybrid from season 1 who had developed a bit of an affinity with boy then uses his drifted the drifting technology in him to basically get through to boy while also getting the snot kicked out of him I might add but he took it because he knew he needed to save boy from the Kaiju sisters
1: mm-hmm.
0: And so, you know, so then we have so we have this weird little hybrid thing—not little, but you know—he gets to be a hero too. And he was—we weren't sure what to think of Apex in season one. Mm-hmm. And then he makes a sacrifice. There's so many people who are so many characters, I should say, who are just making big sacrifices for our main characters so they can, you know, be safe. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. So I was a little bit. I was a little bit um, disappointed in, but I I understand why. Like you, Apex being this this mech kaiju hybrid, you know, makes a as big and as intimidating as it is, makes this kind of sacrifice to save Boy for the greater, because Boy just to keep just to keep Boy out of the hands of the of the the kaiju witches uh, the Kaiju sisters. I keep wanting to call them the Kaiju witches. I don't know why. Oh, that, just that would be-, be an accurate description. The Kaiju witches. Yeah. The Kaiju witches, which by the way, are they, descri- is their backstory kind of described better in the comics? Cause I've not read the comics.
0: I haven't read the comics yet either, but yeah, they, they're not original to this. They've been established before.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause that, that was the only kind of disappointment for me for this, this whole, um, show was there was really no backstory given with the kaiju sisters.
0: There's Uh, some implied.
1: There's some implied uh, there's
0: implied stuff and we find out that May I thought for a second they're gonna say May was one of them for a while. No, it's not that they tried to recruit her, but she successfully resisted, but they messed with her head. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she does not appreciate them trying again.
1: I don't know. (laughs) Maybe Maybe they could have like drugged this out maybe like one or two more episodes and did one of those episodes and showed sort of the backstory of the Kaiju sisters, just kind of how that started because it is a really interesting group of women um you know they're a- they're a cult who worship Kaiju mm-hmm. and they kill their and they they literally they kill just, the men they kill the men and basically
0: what the what they said was they they go into new territory they kill all the men and they take all the women mm-hmm. yeah, and to build their basically. Army. Brainwash them into this cult,
1: yeah. And there's not very many of them. There's only like a dozen of them, from Mm -hmm. what I gather. And they Mm -hmm. and they all pretty much get wiped out at the end Mm -hmm. with from some Mm -hmm. from a missile. But
0: they think boy is special because we find out and you know this was one of those mysteries from season one that was brewing the entire show, and then it gets explained in thirty seconds (laughs) toward the end in the last scene. We find out that boy is a human kaiju hybrid we do have it confirmed for us that yes he was made by the precursors as a basically kind of a trojan horse weapon so he looks human he can pass for human but he's actually a kaiju and then he can hulk out and go nuts right so you know that's all confirmed for us but that's why the sisters think he's special Which and I, it, he's a, I, it makes some sort of twisted sense.
1: Let's be honest.
0: Uh, let's be honest. Uh, Doomsday death cults don't necessarily make a whole lot of sense. You just need to understand their internal logic.
1: <laughs> well, it, it makes sense. It, it does make sense because they were because boy was sent by a higher power. He was not of this earth. Uh, he was not human, uh, at least not fully human. Uh, and you know, he held some kind of, you know, high enough. He, there was a, there was a clear enough like status or distinction between human and kaiju Mm -hmm. to make him, to make him special. So calling him the kaiju Messiah or the kaiju savior or whatever, um, uh, is not, is not off base and it makes total sense. I just find it, I just kind of find it weird that, you know, they didn't that they that they wanted him because he was a boy you know he was but i guess it's you know i don't know
0: what because they're the kaiju sisters and they kill all the men but it's okay that he's a boy yeah yeah but they realize that he's half human and half kaiju so he's special right so because he's special that must mean xyz according to their beliefs
1: maybe according to their ideology
0: yeah the theology theology they're so very maybe... twisted weird theology so you know in christian theology you know jesus is both god and man maybe they're thinking the same thing
1: maybe maybe he's both kaiju and human maybe maybe he's both he's both a he, he's both he's both god and man or to certain extent to an an extent. Yeah. To an extent. I can see that. Yeah. It's, it's, but it is, it is really interesting that they, that they worship or they look to boy as their savior, their Messiah. Um, and boy is not even all that impressive. Really is not even all that impressive of a, of a Kaiju, except for he's just very tough and scrappy. He's
0: very scrappy.
1: Yeah. So (laughs) it's, it's almost killed apex while apex was trying to help him. (laughs) Right. So, you know, it, Um, so we, so we, like you said, we do, we do find out that, um, we do find out that, uh, boy is a hybrid. He was sent here as essentially a weapon. And, yeah. And that's, and, the, and that's the where military the
0: military found him and captured him and was studying him. And, but then mm-hmm. that lab was in a city that was attacked and that's where Tay and uh, Tay and Hay found him and. You know, the, you know, the rest is history. So it all gets explained to us pretty quickly, and we're like, oh, okay, well, solves that problem. Felt a, feels a little rushed, but okay.
1: <laughs> but at least it pays off. At it, least it, it pays, pays it off. off for sure.
0: I, I guess I was expecting more. I probably shouldn't have expected more because if if there was more, I think it might have given the Kaiju sisters a little too much legitimacy if he was some sort of you know, special destroyer or whatever sent by Mm -hmm. the precursors might have given the, you know, like I said, the sisters a little too much legitimacy, but you know.
1: Yeah. So we talked a lot about in the last episode, a, and I know we're, we're. I feel like we're front loading this with a lot of positive because there is a lot of good stuff to say. About well,
0: th- there is one negative that I'm going to bring up that is also, but it's related to a positive. If that mm-hmm. makes any sense.
1: OK, go for it. Because I, I was going to ask you, I was actually going to ask you what you thought of the overall just uh, of the animation, because I know Travis and I complained a lot about the animation. Well, in the last in the last episode, are you
0: ready to be disappointed a little bit?
1: <sighs> Fine. Go ahead.
0: You know who worked on
1: this? Uh no, I don't actually.
0: It's Polygon.
1: Oh. Okay. That makes sense.
0: Same guys who did the singular Godzilla point. anime trilogy.
1: Didn't they do singular point or was that somebody else? I can't remember. It was somebody else. Because okay. that wasn't CGI. Oh, that was Orange. That, that was, was Orange. orange. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Which is kind of weird because Even though this was done by, also done by Polygon, it feels really different in terms of animation compared to the anime trilogy. Mm -hmm. But Polygon also did work on Star Wars The Clone Wars. So, and that feels very different from it as well. So, if anyone has any ire for the Polygon, uh, for Polygon's Godzilla trilogy, I don't think you have as much to worry about in this. And this also has the benefit of being, shall we say, livelier <laughs> than the Ultraman series on Netflix.
1: You mean not, are you talk about like as far as like not being so bleak? Is that what you're talking about? No, more like
0: how outside of the fight scenes, the animation's a little stiff. Because this okay. doesn't feel stiff. These characters are incredibly lively and
1: expressive. Oh, they are. They are. They oh, they are. I okay. So very people have now. Probably...
0: Admittedly, the weird but sig- story significant dance scene. <laughs> we talked about that in the first episode from last season. That was a little awkward, but that's about as awkward as I think it gets. Otherwise, mm. you know, these characters. The uh, their expressions uh, match what they're actually saying. I remember you and Travis brought that up for Ultraman Season 2. And boy, howdy, do I have opinions about Ultraman Season 2. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, spoiler warning, people. I'll be writing reviews for Kaiju Ramen for both Season 2 of this and Ultraman. And let's just say telegraphing the end a little bit. I'm going to be a heck of a lot nicer to the Black. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: Oh, I'm sure you will, because we, Mm. uh, you know, this has
0: one more episode than Ultraman in its second season, and the pacing is a heck of a lot better.
1: (laughs) For sure. That's what sure. kills
0: Ultraman for me. But anyway, we're not here to talk about
1: that. Right now, the pacing uh, but, of this. No, but what... the,
0: cha- the characters are very expressive of the, and what they're saying matches how they're looking. Sometimes they even just use the expressions to communicate things that aren't being said. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a. I, uh, I'm trying to remember exactly. It's been a little while since I watched season two, but there, you know, there's a scene where May doesn't even say anything. She's just talking to Shane. She doesn't even say anything to him. Yeah. It's just, it's all in the expression.
1: Mm.
0: And, or no, maybe she was talking to Spider. Yeah, I think it's what it was. Because he was, Spider was trying to get her to come with him. He's like, just leave the kids and come with me. And there's no dialogue between them. You just see Spider leave while mm. she, and you just get a reaction shot of her while she's thinking about it. And then the next shot is Spider is driving away. And his little speeder bike thing, and then she just goes back to the kids. And she's a little older than our two brother than our brother and sister here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So they get uh they get a younger brother and boy, and they get an older sister with May.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's interesting how that works out. But one of the one of the little negatives that I'm going to give that is kind of couched in a positive. Is I'm sure for some people, they're going to be disappointed that Haley doesn't do as much Jaeger piloting this season as she did last season. And that's in part, be- in large part, because she spends most of her time taking care of boy. Because boy, he does revert back to his human form, but that's because he got bit by a kaiju tick, which is just a horrifying idea <laughs> that latches onto his chest. And that's why they were going to Bunyip Man, because they wanted Bunyip Man to take the tick off and save his life. Mm. So she's basically tending to him like a mother the entire time. She kind of becomes boys. I don't know if you would. Would you say she's more like a big
1: sister or like a mother to boy? She's a little bit motherly. She's a little bit more on the motherly side, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I'm sure some people will be upset with the fact that you know she doesn't get to do as much Jaeger piloting and she's tending to boy like a mother the entire time. Yeah. Well, not the entire time, but a good chunk of the time. And May picks up the slack and does the Jaeger piloting. Okay. So some people will be upset with that, but I liked seeing Haley do that because it just makes the most sense. I think boy needs a motherly influence. And that's definitely not coming from Taylor is Mm -hmm. Taylor's too worried about being the older brother and taking care of everybody. Right. And May's not going to do it because May's busted (laughs) all kinds of busted and is borderline butch at points because she's just had to be so hardened by surviving in the wilderness.
1: I I I don't think, but I don't think butch is the right word. I think it's hard. I think it's just hardened. Uh, because yeah. she's still very feminine, but she's just very, very hardened by the situation. Mm-hmm. She's been, she's been very, very hardened by the life that she's had to live, and she, and the reason, mm-hmm. and she's had to survive all these years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it needed to come from somebody, and it makes sense for her. And Haley,
0: whew, Haley gets very upset and very protective of boy, because there comes mm-hmm. a point where, when we talked about characters making tough decisions, there's a point where Taylor thinks that if they're going to get out of the sister's territory, if all they want is
1: boy, she's making, give
0: them boy. Yeah. She's trying
1: to, she's trying to make the pragmatic choice in that moment.
0: He's trying to make, yeah, he's trying to make what he thinks is the pragmatic choice. And that upsets his sister because he basically does it in secret. She says, no, we're not giving them boy. But then he sneaks off in the middle of the night and gives them boy. And that makes her angry. He's like, how dare you do that? We were supposed to take care of it. He's like, I had to make a tough call. (laughs) And you you know what? It makes perfect sense for both of them to feel that way. And I don't know if the show is necessarily siding with one or the other, which is kind of interesting. But you can Uh see where both of them are coming from. You know, it's one of those, you know, it's like Spock in Star Trek 2. You know, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Mm -hmm. We give them boy and we don't even know what exactly boy is. He seems to be a monster. Let them have him so that we can get out. Mm -hmm. But May is trying to say, like, you can't trust them. You don't know what they're going to do. If you give them boy, God only knows what they're going to do. And Haley's just like, I just love boy. How dare you? She even says that. It's like, you took away somebody I love. Uh-huh. Just one of those things like we find out at the end of the show. it cha- The black changes you. <laughs> and sometimes it's for the better. Sometimes it's for the worse. Yeah.
1: There's, you know, there's, um, as, as kind of bleak as this, as, as bleak, we, hang on, we alluded to this when we first started the show and as bleak and as dark and as unsafe for our characters as this feels, you know, there is a lot of hopefulness in this show. There's a lot of hope. There's a lot of, like I said, we were talking about themes before we recorded and I said, and you said. To me, the show is about hope and is about family. We've already I think we've already talked about the uh, the family aspect of it. There's a very there's a very like motherly through line throughout the black uh, in season one. It was. I don't know, maybe it was like more of a fatherly through line in in season one, because we have Taylor kind of taking responsibility mm-hmm. and you know establishing himself as a leader so there's that fatherly or more masculine mm-hmm. side uh, well as
0: you know and you also had, Shane, be, you had uh, Shane who was more involved in season 1 than he was in season right. 2
1: right but in season 2 there's the there's the other side of it there's the feminine there's the there's the um, there's the motherly there's the motherly side the more tender side to it mm-hmm. which can also be incredibly tragic as well as we find out that we there are so there are moments where i thought boy was going to die when you told me that be prepared to have your heart ripped out i sincerely thought boy was going to die um but there's this kind of motherly through line in mm-hmm. season in, in in season 2 with um uh with uh with haley, haley. and loa yep and the uh, and, and and you know may, uh, and on the oh and their mother st- and their mother and their mother and their mother of course and with oh and even the, the
0: sisters like I said because they're kind of a twisted version of especially their leaders is, is very mm-hmm. twisted sort of you know like uh, what do they call those uh, the in in nunneries you know the the head nun what the the something mother you know what I'm talking about
1: oh the. Oh, the not the. I almost said the Queen Mother. The, no,
0: I'm not Catholic, oh, so I don't know these things. <laughs> oh,
1: I, I'm. I, well, I'm not Catholic either, so I don't know. Anyway, I, I I know. I'll I know. I'll have to look it up. But anyway, go uh, continue. But right, well, no, thought. that's
0: just what I'm saying. There is a very you know kind of feminine, motherly influence throughout the whole thing. And actually, looking at it as kind of two sides of a whole actually makes sense because season one was a little bit more focused on Taylor. Hmm. And him doing crazy things, sometimes questionable things, you know, uh, learning how to ghost drift, which about breaks his brain, huh. <laughs> you know, and having his, ma- and then Shane and what he's doing and, you know, to manipulating people and things like that, and th- kind of twisted things that he was doing. And yeah, I, I could see that. I, I mm-hmm. think you're onto something there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So there's like, it's, it's this season two, which I guess, I guess it play, I guess it really was so appropriate that, uh, you know, there, this was a two, this was only like a two season show where you in season one, you get the father, you get the, you get the father patriarchal side and you get the, the mother matriarchal side of it in, in season two or season mm-hmm. one, I should say in season one, you get the patriarchal father side in season two, you get the mother, uh, matriarchal side. Mm-hmm. So I, I, and they all, and they both work and they both work in tandem to tell a kind a very cohesive kind of hopeful story because there are points in this, there are points in the show that are a little bit, I won't say saccharine, but they're a little bit, a little bit sweet, especially the end is a little bit, um, it's a little bit more sweet than bitter. Like we talked about, uh but i think that their
0: it, fa- we should say this their father is alive
1: their father is alive yeah their, their fa- father they-
0: is alive they his their parents got separated they're both jaeger pilots their, their parents got separated the sisters found their mother mm-hmm. but their dad did make it to sydney base yeah so they at least got to see their father now the last scene of the show is them going to i guess you could say the the, it's not really a grave because they don't have a body, but the memorial site for their mother. Mm-hmm. And their father, you know, grieves the loss of his wife. Yeah. And then they have a little talk with everybody, and you know, you get the impression that this new family is going to move on, is going to move forward.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The kids made it. They lost, they lost Loa, they lost Atlas apex didn't make it their mother didn't make it Shane didn't make it a lot of people died but they got there they met their goal they got to the base and they found their dad at the very least they did find their mother but she didn't you know but like i said she didn't make it but she died making sure that they would
1: it's just a it's just a more whole i guess they they the our characters although they're kind of they've got, they've experienced some very tragic things. They, they seemed very hopeful at the end that Mm -hmm. things were going to be, that things were actually going to kind of work out. And I think that ending it, ending this season or ending this series there was good. I don't Mm -hmm. think you could probably pull another story out from this. And I hope that maybe
0: they they have to escape from Australia or something like that. Yeah, maybe,
1: but. but if they don't and they just leave it there, I'm satisfied.
0: I'm very satisfied with this. I don't, I honestly don't really want to see anymore as much as I like these characters. I really don't want to see anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with where it's at. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I am too. So yeah. it sounds like we can kind of head into our, our, our final thoughts and our Godzuki score. And if for, and for the uninitiated, if this is your first time listening to Kaiju weekly, we like to rate uh, movies and television shows out of five Godzuki's because we like to embrace the sillier side of the giant monster and tokusatsu genre, so Nate, I'm gonna let you go first. Uh, out of five Godzukis, what would you give Pacific Rim: The Black, and what are your final thoughts? Oh man,
0: oh man, yeah, you're talking to somebody who absolutely adores that first Pacific Rim movie. So, uh, going into the the whole show. I was a little bit trepidatious. I felt burned by Uprising. So I wasn't sure what to think of this one going in. And then, you know, it's animated, which is also different, but there's a lot of anime influence in Pacific Rim. So now that we have the complete story, I don't quite remember what I gave season one. I think I gave season one four. Mm -hmm. So now that we have the complete story, Oh, it's difficult. I'm waffling between two different scores. Uh, uh, I reserve the right to change my mind for the uh, for the magazine review, but for now, <laughs> but for now, I'm going to give it four out of five. keys <laughs> no, Jimmy. I'm not singing karaoke with Jessica. <laughs>
1: Oh, I was going to ask, I was going to ask Jimmy, Jimmy, um, since you're here, since you're here and since you're obviously another guest on this podcast, um, what would you give Pacific Rim the black? Oh, of course you would give it a five out of five. You're in love with robots. (laughs) That's what I thought. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, so for me, I'm very inclined to agree with you in the fact that, um, in the, in the fact that I don't think that it's perfect, but it does work as a whole. And I really want to take Pacific Rim, the black as kind of as the whole package. I don't want to necessarily take it in just season one versus season two. I want to, I really want to, you
0: can't really do that. This is a, you have to take this as a whole
1: to really appreciate what they were able to accomplish with the story and the characters and the creatures. We didn't spend a lot of time on the kaiju uh because the I feel like the kaiju were like so sort of a given because you know, we had we actually we had a few different ones in this. We had uh Trespasser, which is a cl- which is a throwback from mm. from if, if anyone's familiar with uh, the Pacific Rim the movie, um we, so we had trespasser. We had the, we had the, uh, the Kaiju, poison,
0: dogs. We, the we kaiju had the, dogs, the Kaiju dogs, a big old category six at the end and the
1: big old category you know, six the, at the end with the name, the name of it escapes me. Um, but you know, this, this show is, is definitely a human story. It is definitely a very, very human story. And I think it strikes a good balance between Kaiju and human story. And it does, um, it does uh, do it. It does do well to have it. To, it does do well at being extremely cohesive. And I think that taking it as a whole, Pacific Rim Season One, Pacific Rim Season Two, uh, I'm going to go ahead and just give it a. I'm actually you know, going to be a little bit nicer to it because I did enjoy this a lot, and it did make me actually feel something. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and give it a four and a half out of five. Godzuki's, which I was is putting
0: inst- uh, I put serious thought into giving it 4.5.
1: Yeah, which is a stark contrast to my one out of five I gave uh Ultraman <laughs> yeah. season
0: two. Oh, by the way, the category six is breacher.
1: Oh breacher, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. And I was like, that actually does okay. So I was I was sitting here watching, I was like, oh breacher, that makes sense because it's big enough to to breach the Anyway, to make it through the breach. Anyway, whatever. Uh, yes, Jimmy, I did beat you to that. I'm learning. But but Jimmy is still smarter. Moving on. Um, Don't bloat his ego so that concludes our discussion on Pacific Rim, the black season two. Uh, if you have watched Pacific Rim, the black season two and have listened to this podcast, talk to us on social media, talk to us on Twitter and tell us what you think of Pacific Rim. Do you, do you like it? Do you hate it? Do you think it was better than Ultraman? If you do, we can be friends. If not, well, not so much. Um, (laughs) and, uh, just let us know by uh, tweeting at us or emailing us at kaijuweekly at gmail.com. So (laughs) (laughs) that music, cue is going to haunt your nightmares. (laughs) Hey, but at least I got a perfect 10 out of 10 plus bonus. Um, Nathan, thank you for coming back and for being on this podcast. We appreciate you for uh, filling in for Travis and discussing Pacific Rim The Black with me. Mm -hmm. Where can people find you?
0: Monster Island. You should come visit beautiful Ogaso. Agassi- oh, wait, sorry. Sorry. I slipped into my I slipped into my show. Sorry. Didn't mean to do that. <clears throat> Actually, yes, you can come visit Monster Island if you so choose or you can listen to our show, The Monster Island Film Vault a podcast seeking entertainment and enlightenment through Tokusatsu. It is a f- academic film appreciation show and I know that sounds Kind of impossible and kind of boring. Let me assure you, it is far from boring. I mean, you've had to you should listen to the the quips Jimmy has on that show. They're zingers, let me tell you. And then I would be remiss, doubly remiss, if I did not mention the other shows that I do with two fine gentlemen who co-host this podcast one of which is Henshin Men, a podcast that's uh, about the appreciation of Japanese superheroes and their high-flying and high-kicking adventures, which I co-host with our co-host in common, Mr. Travis Alexander. It's about Henshin heroes, and we are currently making our way through the original Common Rider, which feels longer than it actually is at this point. <laughs> I'm liking the show, but good Lord, it feels so long right now. And then obviously we have to talk about what for you is the most important podcast in the Kaiju Rama and the podcasting network, right?
1: Yes. And that is the power trip, a journey through the power Rangers franchise. Uh, it's where you and I talk about well, power Rangers from an academic level. And we analyze the Ranger teams, the Zords, the music, all of that stuff. And we try to mix in a little bit of the, the thematic things just to keep things spicy. So if you want to check that out, uh, you can find us on power trip pod. You get, well, uh, you can find us at power trip pod, the power trip pod on Twitter. I almost mm-hmm. screwed that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you want to email the show, you can email that show at powertrippod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I also now,
0: need, and, and when you're listening to this episode, I believe our, our episode on time force should be out, right?
1: Tentatively, yes. <laughs> we was talked a,
0: about it for four hours. People. It was a
1: four-hour recording. A four. Let that sink in, audio listener. It was a four-hour recording about a Power Rangers television series that went to places that I did not expect it to. Well, actually, I kind of actually I kind of expected it to, to be quite honest with you, because it was such a an in depth uh, season and in depth discussion. Yeah, and yes, Jimmy. Sure. And yes, Jimmy, I know you're not a big fan of Power Rangers, but the least thing you the least you could do is listen to the show and support us.
0: Oh, well, we did have some dealings with a former Power Ranger and. Oh, I know. Power Ranger villain.
1: Yeah, it's your uh, your island crush, right? Miss Perkins.
0: (laughs) Well, she kind of electrocuted me, so kind of killed the attraction there. Anyway, I it's too, uh, we, I would have preferred a three-hour tour, but, you know, we talked for Time Force for four hours, so we made time for Time Force.
1: <laughs> Good Lord. Thank you, everyone, <laughs> for listening and sharing this podcast with your friends. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Kaiju Weekly. All the links to our social media as well as the power rangers legacy facebook group are listed in the description of this episode you can send question, comment what you can send questions comments or answers to the trivia question to our email at kaijuweekly at gmail.com. a big thank you to everyone who has supported kaiju ramen magazine thus far uh we are currently work uh, we are currently working on issue six uh, that should be out in the next uh, month or, or that should be out in the next couple of months. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, you can find out more uh, about about that and other podcasts and other projects that we have going on at com. And there's also one more thing you can do to help support this show, and that is by going over to Apple Podcasts or PodChaser and leaving us a rating, a five star rating, and Spotify. A- and Spotify and leaving us a five-star rating or a five-star review. And we promise we will read that review on a future episode of the podcast. We actually did get a, I think we got a a new review, but I'm going to save that for when Travis is on again, uh, before, uh, before I go ahead and read that. So the last,
0: I wondered that too. Did you say power Rangers legacy and not Kaiju groupie?
1: I did. I did. (laughs)
0: Forgot what show you were recording there for a second.
1: No, I wasn't. That was intentional. Uh, (laughs) So Uh,
0: I I don't know how Travis is going to feel about that.
1: (laughs) The last thing we need to say is to help control the giant monster population. Have your breachers breachers or your uh, kaiju sisters spayed (laughs) or (laughs) neutered. (laughs) Ha <laughs>